Good afternoon, gentlemen. Here's your menus. And welcome to Diner Discussions. This episode has bad words. What's up, everybody? My name's Josh. And my name's Aaron. And on the phone today, we've got Mr. Lyndall Blankenship. Yeah. And uh, he's originally from Elmore, I believe, so that'll be kind of cool. And very exciting. Hometown guy. Yeah. So this is season two. So uh, sit back and relax. Grab your favorite cup of coffee. And uh, we'll uh, introduce you to the man, um, the myth, the legend, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. What's up, Mr. Lindell? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, yeah. I I grew up in Elmore. Um, most everyone, or actually everyone in the town knows me as Jason. So that's my, uh, my mom and dad was Linda and LaDawn Blankenship. Everyone probably at least my age and older at least everyone that went to first Baptist church there knew my grandparents uh Richard and Luana Hill yeah some of them are still probably kind of mumbling names about my granddad under their breath calling them every morning (laughs) on Sundays about 6 (laughs) a.m. he'd always say this is Ponce de Leon calling (laughs) make sure you're going to make it to church and they're like oh yeah yeah we're going to be there yeah, I grew up, um, I guess it was like five houses down maybe from them. Yeah, so, uh, I think so. I have very fond memory, memories of both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were just like kind of around the corner, right? Yeah, in the house on the corner. Um, it, it was right by Dean and Shirley. I don't know if you remember them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember them very, very well. Good people. Yeah. yeah they're, uh, of course, their their son, Larry, was in my brother's, I think they was in my brother's grade or real close to my brother's grade. My brother's name is Larry, too. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, they're. So, so how old are you? I'm 44. Okay. Until October, then I'll be 45. I'm trying to think of the other people that would be in your class. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, one of my uh, best friends from my childhood was uh, Shanda Turner. Okay, yeah. Who was, you know, can't prove it, but who was murdered by her, you know, piece of shit boyfriend. Yeah. Way back in the day, and uh, I can only really hope that he is still rotting in that jail cell for pretty much doing the same thing to another girl here a few years ago. Yeah. That's kind and of been not a fan of that guy. Absolutely. That's, that's been kind of an the echo ho- of that, like, probably my whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like the craziest yeah, thing that's ever happened. Yeah, yeah. One of the craziest things that, that that's ever happened in, in in that sleepy little town that we're from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It seems like there's. Uh, no, sorry about that. Go ahead. But, see, I'm trying to think of. You know, even ever, ever since I was a little kid, you know, just there's not a whole lot really went on there, you know. But there's been a few controversies. Yeah. Um. Gosh, what was her name? 
there was a woman when I was young that she was uh, murdered down that way. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot her name. Kay Busey. I can almost. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it seems like that happens like once every 10 years around there. So someone just gets murdered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then in like my, I think my teen years or maybe, maybe my early, early, early 20s, there was another family there. I can't remember their name, but um, I think he, like if you're heading south out of Elmore, like right, right before you hit that curve, mm-hmm. you know, where you could either curve back around, keep going south, or you could take that little bridge and head over to, you know, what they used to call piss road back in the, Back in the day, when like our, our parents and grandparents were teenagers and yeah. cruising Elmore, they they take off down there and go take a piss when they were cruising. That's why they named it Piss Road. <laughs> but there was like a there was like a shop building that was on the left. It's, I think it's all like dilapidated, and I don't think it's been used in decades now. But I think he, I think the man did something there at that shop. But uh, apparently, he was found dead there. Oh wow! But I think the circumstances were like kind of suspect mm. but you know he he was another guy that you know they went to um they went to the first baptist church and uh, i remember one time uh, my dad had put in a bid to be like the janitor there once but they gave the job to that other gentleman you know for whatever reason yeah. um and you know that's just that's something else i remember about him i can almost still picture the man's face but his name totally escapes me, but between Kay and him and then Shanda, and of course Shanda wasn't killed in Elmore, but still, yeah, you know, every, everyone knows, you know, pretty much that story. I mean, you guys, that was almost like the, the pop, pop culture event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pretty much y'all's entire life. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of just, just like whispers in the background. Yeah. Like conspiracies mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff. Well, I mean, it kind of really struck home with my family because Kay's daughters would come over to our house. Like, they would walk across the pasture and come over to our house. So it was definitely kind of close to home for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever happened with with those girls? Uh, Bonnie and her husband, Michael, live up close to Tuttle, I believe. And... Leanne lives in Purcell. Every day. Yeah. Uh, Bonnie and yeah, Bonnie and Michael have three kids, and then Leanna has one, I believe. So. Oh wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know it's crazy that getting older, you know, about these like little kids. It's like, oh man, it's like I even remember you when you were a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we joke about yeah. that every time we go to Elmore, how the kids in kindergarten are now driving. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, it's like I, um, you know, uh, about 20 years ago or so, you know, I lived in Ada. And, you know, and, and I've got a, a friend of mine. Um, he's got uh, he's got a show. It's kind of like a, a another podcast show. I don't know if I should, you know, plug that or whatever. But Absolutely. Fine. Go for um, it. That's okay. It's called the Rad Cheesemo Show. I think I've heard of it. He's kind of created like this little character. 
And, you know, he comes from this planet called Terra 88 and everything, you know, and it's, it's really cool little stuff now. It's like, holy crap. Um, I mean, but he's got a book out now. It's available on Kindle and there's physical copies and stuff. But, but a couple of months ago, he put on this, um, he helped put on this show up in Oklahoma City with um, this band by, there was a guy, uh, Chris, Christopher Murdoch. And then there was a band called First Jason. First Jason was is a band that uh, uh, I totally forgot his last name. Let me look it up. Let's see. First. First Jason. Ari Lehman. It's fronted by a guy named Ari Lehman. Ari Lehman played the very first Jason. Boyd. Oh yeah, I wow. do remember that. I've heard that before. Yeah, he was the one. He was like 14 at the time, and he was the one that jumped up out of the lake at the very end of the very first Friday the 13th. That's cool. But um, but I met my friend, you know, that does the Red Cheesemo show. His name's Polio, and uh, you know, he had his daughter with him. She was like she was like 18, and I was like. It just like struck me. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's your baby. And he goes, yeah. I said, I said, oh, dude, I held you when you were like a newborn. Oh, gosh. It's like, you're already 18. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> it's like, where's the, where'd the time go? Absolutely. It flies by, I'm telling you. Oh, oh dude. But, and if you had kids of your own, it makes it fly by even faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my youngest is about to be seven on the 14th, and I can't, uh, I don't know how to handle that. Tim's just right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me, you're telling me. It's like my youngest finally hit 10 last October, mm. and I'm just like, my baby is no longer in single digit <laughs> age numbers yeah. now, and she never will be again for the rest of her life. I'm yeah. just like, ah. <laughs> they're never going to be babies again. <laughs> no, no. Well, um, they'll always, you know, the kids will always be your babies. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're like, you know, 98 years old and they're, you know, it's seven in their seventies or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to still be like, don't you make me come over there and bend you over my knee and bust your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my 13 year old, she, um, she is very like, the way she shows love is just kind of like by doing stuff, um, like helping around the house. But uh, if yeah. you if okay. you want to yeah, like yeah. hug and or cuddle her or anything like that, she's like no. But um, yeah, she's she, like totally standoffish. Yeah, yeah. But then when she is yeah. in a cuddle mood, it's only when like the most inconvenient times. Like if I've just been working underneath the sink and I'm like sweating my butt off. <laughs> And covered in like nasty stuff in water, she'll be like hugs, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like what the heck? Where were you like the last ten hours that I've been up? So, yeah, yeah, that like left, like or like the leftover chili you ate, you know, just like just is not hitting just right. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, oh dear God, what have I done to myself? And here, knock on the door. What? I want a hug. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Well, and the funny thing is, is, no matter what, you can't refuse a hug from your kid, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Because then they can and will hold it against you. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. 
So, um, I, I was kind of like, you know, browsing your Facebook, um, and it says that you're a nurse, an ER nurse. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can you, I've, uh, can you elaborate yeah, on that? Uh, yeah. Um, I've been an emergency room nurse um, for going on, I think this will be my seventh year, like in the ER. Um, I, I got my RN. Let's see, last October, actually on my youngest daughter's birthday, uh, my youngest daughter's birthday, and I guess the best way to put it is my RM license birthday <laughs> is the same day. That's awesome. That's easy to remember. So, you know, her, yeah, it really is. Yeah, that's like I remember uh, my, my wife at the time. I'm divorced now. But um, we, I went and tested for my RM on the 13th. And the evening of the 14th, we went and, you know, was admitted to the hospital and she got induced and everything. And then I woke up the morning of the 15th. First thing I did was I got online and I was like, oh, yep, it's official. I'm RN. <laughs> like my RN license posted. That's awesome. And then a little, a little bit later, her sister gave birth to her daughter, um, you know, my niece, Abigail in the next room over. And then that afternoon, uh, Helena was born. Oh, wow. So her and her cousin are actually birthday twins. Busy day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's crazy. So we actually made the Benita paper for that. That's oh, cool. <laughs> Same day, same doctor, same hospital. Yeah. And I, I can't remember what they said. The, uh, the statistics were on that, but in another hospital in another town, they had a cousin on, I believe it was somewhere on their grandmother's side of the family that had a baby too. So it's like two sisters and then a cousin far off. Wow. So it's like one in like a hundred or 200 something thousand. Seems like I vaguely remember that being in the paper. I'm not sure if it's just me imagining it but it seems like i vaguely remember that right <laughs> yeah it was it was like me and my then wife and her sister and then her sister's husband and you know it was, it was like this weird write-up in the bonita paper it's like oh wow kind of cool absolutely <laughs> yeah my wife is currently in school to get her nursing license so she's got 98 days i think left excellent so excellent. she's so super excited so i mean that's kind of, you know, something that when I saw, I was like, ooh, that's interesting. We want to talk to this guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I actually, the way, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, it's like, I'm not really, you know, giving a confession or testimonial or anything like that. You know, but <laughs> it's like, I, uh, you know, my twenties, my, my twenties, when I lived in Ada, that was a really like rough, dark period. Yeah. You know, I, I just fell off a real dark downward spiral, you know, kind of to quote the Nine Inch Nails album. It's like Trent Reznor really had uh, a point across, you know, it's like I kind of understood that, you know, looking back now, because that's what I was on was on the downward spiral. Yeah, yeah. You know, for all intents and purposes, I shouldn't have lived to see 24. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, God willing, I, I did. Yeah, Absolutely. 
now I'm like 44, but you know, so that little town almost killed me because it was all my own fault. There's but, not a lot to do there. I went to school there for one one year and was bored the entire time I was there. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a college town, but it, it's it's a party town and it's like mm-hmm. a huge drug town. Yeah. And so that's basically all there is to do there. Unless you just work in the town, you can either go to college or do drugs or both. <laughs> I just went and to college, but much it. yeah, it was like, I went to Durant for my first um, year of college uh, at South mm-hmm. Southeastern and I loved it. I mean, it was incredible, but um, all the people that were surrounding me all were college athletes and they transferred to either, you know, um, uh, North Texas or, you know, to a bigger school cause they were pretty good. And I was going to be a sophomore with no friends and everybody I knew was going to be leaving. So everybody in Elmore goes to ECU. So I was like, I'll just go to Ada yeah. and it'll be fun. Yeah. And it'll be like going back to high school. And it totally wasn't. No. Yeah. Then you get there and even like people you see, you're just like, Hey, they're like, Hey, Hey. Yeah. They were all like beat down and like nobody was happy. And I was just like, what is this place that I've stumbled upon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I still know some, some really good people from Ada, you know, it's not, it's not like the town itself is bad, but no, I don't no. know, something about it just almost like sucked the soul just right out of you. It's almost like those Dementors on Harry Potter. Oh, like they suck away all your happiness. It's just like, what the devil's going on here? It's like this is this sucks. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely but, see that. <laughs> but you know, it's like you know, I went through all that crap and, and lived there, and you know, to make a really long story like short, you know, I ended up in uh, in a town up up around this way called Aston. And I worked at a place called Monkey Island, that, and that's when I ended up meeting who became my wife and the mother of my kids. And you know, I was just kind of, kind of go nowhere. You know, didn't really have much direction, you know, in in life because I just kind of lost that along the way. Yeah, I uh, just like you know, just kind of strayed off my path, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then when she got into a major, major uh, four-wheeler wreck because we lived in a little place up here because she was from uh, Jay, Oklahoma, or Uchi. And we lived there for like 13 years. But at one point we lived in, when we lived up in that area, you know, we were just like, you know, drinking everything like that and kind of partying. And she went on a four-wheeler ride and, they got into a wreck and it almost killed her. Mm, golly. It, it like jacked up her neck. It like busted her lip. It broke her back. So she had a lot of recovery Jeez. for that. Well, she spent uh, like 11 days in the uh, hospital at St. John's in Tulsa. And the, you know, if it hadn't, if, if it hadn't been for this neurosurgeon up there by the name of uh, Dr. David Malone, that man is a beast of a neurosurgeon super super humble too but if it hadn't been for him you know i don't think she would have had such a good recovery yeah but when we finally got discharged in home you know we were just like there was an aide up there uh this uh big black woman her name was anna oh my god i love that woman to death <laughs> super sweet oh my god she 
I, uh, yeah, I, there was like nothing negative to say about that woman at all. Mm-hmm. But she is part of the reason why we ended up going into the nursing field. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we were just like, you know what? We got super good care. It's like, you know what? We could do this. We could take care of people. I love people like okay. that that kind of push the passion out of themselves and give it to everyone else around them. Like it's infectious. Yeah. Oh, dude. If you could only understand that woman. Because that, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, she wasn't even a nurse. She was just, I believe she was just tech, I believe. You know, almost the equivalent of like a CNA. But it's just like, oh, my God. It's just, she just, she was so amazing at her job. Yeah. You know, still to this day, I, I can't thank her enough, and I have no idea what ever happened to her. But, you know, she's the reason I finally kind of got my head out of my ass and, <laughs> you know, and started going on the right path. And so, you know, I started out as a, a CNA. I was terrible at that. Yeah. I absolutely suck as a CNA. Yeah. But I went, takes a special I, person I went to do that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I had, you know, I was never told, you know, that I had any other option other than nursing homes as a CNA. Yeah. And so I worked. Then I got my CMA, which is certified medication aid. Yeah. And so I like, I was a, you know, I was a pull, pill pusher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, just legally. Yeah. <laughs> legal, legal drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I was, you know, dealing drugs, you know, legally, you know. Which was a huge switch from what I was doing back in Ada. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I told a buddy of mine, I told him what I was doing at the time. He goes, hell, man, you're basically doing the same thing, only you're doing it legit. (laughs) I was like, ah, you got a point. (laughs) So, you know, I did that in in nursing homes. And while I went to LPN school and, you know, I got that done. And then I worked as a, uh, I guess a evening charge nurse at a nursing home in Jay for a while, while I was going to RM school. And, and then, uh, you know, my wife at the time, she was in RM, we were both in RM school at the same time, you know, cause we were both, I was working as LPN and going to college, doing my prereqs and everything for, you know, pre-BSN and RN. Graduated with that. She was, since she wasn't the LPN prior, uh, she was having to do like the full program, mm-hmm. but I was already at LPN for over a year. So I, I did a fast track program at Grove, got my RN in a year. And then, you know, just went on from there. And I started out, I started out conveniently because, you know, it paid decent for the time, but, you know, I really, and it's really helped out, but I started out in adolescent behavioral health. Oh, wow. You know, mainly dealt with like 11 to 17-year-old boys mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> at a place uh, that used to be. It's, it's no longer there. It's shut down now. It was called Eagle Creek. It was affiliated with uh, Shadow Mountain out of Tulsa, and that shut down as well. I, it might be open back up to something else. But, you know, I, I did that for a while. And then I um, <clears throat> finally got into hospital work. Uh, I started out at the hospital at Pryor uh, on their med search floor. 
and had to do that for a year and then moved on to the ER and then did a year from there. And then that, I haven't looked back from ER. I mean, I've got between then and now I've got probably a couple of years experience in ICU as well. Yeah. But you know, my, my passion, my primary focus is, um, is uh, ER. And that all together, which is funny, which is funny because, you know, it's like three of my least favorite things to deal with is like, you know, uh, uh, pediatric psych and geriatrics. Well, what's some of the three main things you always get in the ER? Pediatric <laughs> psych and geriatrics. It's like, oh. <laughs> like you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Well, it definitely the ER takes... gods can be very cruel that way sometimes. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, just give me a trauma, please. <laughs> yeah, that definitely takes a special kind of person to do all that kind of stuff. Like, I couldn't imagine the blood and the guts and whatever else you have to experience there's yeah there's been a ton of that and and you know i'm nothing i'm nobody special you know i just go in there and i do my job Mm -hmm. but you know it it really does kind of take someone that can that can do it you Mm -hmm. know because it's a lot more than just you know wiping somebody's butt and you know just taking care of like wounds and it's you know it's way more than that I've mm-hmm. seen things that that would give like, that could give like the average person like nightmares like straight straight probably PTSD yeah. and you know for me it's just always been another day at the office Absolutely. Um, I was told by one of my nurse friends um He's he worked in the ER for a long time, and he said that um, you got to remember that you're seeing people on their worst day, and you know you got to. And part of your job is just to like let them know that sometimes it's not the end of the world, and that you know. And if it is for like a you know a kid that they lost or whatever, just to be that first initial contact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like they they could be having just like the worst luck that day something really bad happened and you know you could be the first face that they see when they open their eyes yeah you know it's like what happened what am i doing here yeah so you know, it's, uh, you know, every once in a while you know like on facebook or something else you know i'll see something's kind of funny it says uh how's it put so something like describe what you do without telling what you do oh, yeah. and make it sound like scary or something like that. And I always say the same three words. I fight death. Yeah. Oh gosh. And that's not a lie either. I mean, that's basically what you do no. in the truest form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause when you get, when you get the true like emergencies that come in, it's like, that's what I'm doing. It's like, it's like I fight death. Sometimes I win. Yeah. Sometimes death wins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sometimes I'll I'll be talking to somebody and, and I'm be like, you know, whenever my time comes, I'm like, it's like you know, one of two things is going to happen. You know, he, you know, death is either going to greet me, you know, like an old friend. Mm-hmm. And 
we're going to reminisce on the battles we fought, you know, and then just kind of, you know, crossover, you know, just like arm in arm, you know, maybe, you know, like playing in a couple of beers or something like that, you know, having one last drink together, you know, before we cross over. Either that or he's going to be like really pissed about all the times that I've won. <laughs> Kind of like Final Destination a little bit. <laughs> right, right. He's like, oh, okay, all right. It's like, I got you. It's like, I hope he's not, like, petty and bitter. <laughs> he walks up to you, the hell, bro. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, if death is all petty and bitter when it's my time to go, oh, man, I'm screwed. <laughs> Absolutely, that's funny. Because I, I, I took some good ones away from him. Yeah. Some that I shouldn't have. It's like, oh wow, we got we got their heartbeat again. It's like we got them stable. Yeah, yeah. You know, and maybe they might make it. Maybe they might not eventually. But you know, but but it's like it right in that moment. Mm-hmm. Little wins. It's like, yeah, it's like you're like up yours, death. I won this round. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terry Pratcher is a uh, he's an author. And he writes a whole bunch of, well, he's passed now, but he used to have a whole series of books that kind of intertwined, um, kind of like the MCU a little bit. And it was called mm-hmm. the Discworld series. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh-uh, I um, but um, one of his characters that reoccurred several different times was Death. And he was just doing his job and he, he didn't really like it, but it was, you know, he had to do it. And I kind of like that version of Death, like. You know, um, yeah. somebody that can that will you know put their arm around you and carry you off into the beyond, and but you know it's not personal. It's just kind of like this is I got to do this. You know. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched that show Supernatural. Yeah. My uh, my first got me hooked on that show <laughs> a few months back and everything. And one of my favorite characters was Death. I mean, that dude that played Death is just, he just did such an awesome job on it. Yeah. And it, it, it's like he took Death and he made Death a foodie. <laughs> death was constantly like eating things. You know, they'd be like, why did we meet here? And he'd just look at him and go, I like the pizza. <laughs> I'm like, this dude's all right. Yeah, that's one of the best written and, and shows. Know, so, uh, oh, yeah, it was great. And, and, you know, you know, death would just do the job and then there would be the reapers that, you know, have to reap, Yeah, you know, those that died. And, you know, it, it, that one time Dean had to be death for a day. Oh, yeah, that was and, a rough you know, episode. He, <laughs> that was. He, like, totally screwed up the balance of things. And then they had to go back and then, you know, but it was just like, they're like, why? <laughs> just one of those things. It's like it's nothing personal. Yeah. It's just, man, this job sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he even um, gave up the chance to get his brother's soul back. By getting, yeah. You know, that was kind of, yeah, that lets you know how I can't do it. hard it was, yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. So, um, kind of stepping back from that just a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I, I know that you're, you're into music. Um, can you tell us some yeah. of your uh, musical influences? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, of course, of course, uh, you know, Elmore City, mm-hmm. small little middle of nowhere, Elmore City, <laughs> yeah. where primarily it's a lot of 
a lot of you know farming and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of cattle. You know, I swear if they, I swear if the population of Elmore said a thousand people, you know, I'd be like, okay, four hundred of that's got to be cows. <laughs> that's yeah. actually pretty accurate. That's actually- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, we grew up on a farm like you know several miles south, and it's like at one point, you know, we had like sixteen head of cattle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I get it, but you know, growing up in that area, you know, my. My parents, I don't remember really listening to a whole lot of music growing up, but it was primarily all country. Yeah. You know, like, like you know, 70s, 80s. You know, I, I do remember uh, very fondly, very remember when I was like five years old when, when we lived out in a, a house about a, a mile west of town. I think, uh, I think Jeff's house lives in that house now which I haven't seen him since we were children. <laughs> but there was a shop on that building, and, you know, my dad, you know, he's always done carpentry, he was doing welding and stuff, and I remember he'd be out there tinkering around, doing whatever, and, and I'd be there, he had the radio playing, and, and there would be, um, you know, like, you know, through my dad, you know, it's like I, I, I distinctly remember listening to uh, Charlie Pride, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. God rest his soul, but he just passed recently. Um, uh, George Jones. Yeah, George Jones is one of my favorite. Um, uh, King George, George Strait. You know, I really remember listening to him a whole lot. Uh, there was um, a man and a woman. You know, they sing that, that song, You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma. Um, oh, gosh. Had you not said that, I would have been able to think of it. Frizzell <laughs> <laughs> and something not... Uh, Shelly, ah, jeez, now I gotta, now I gotta look that up. It's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny though that you said all that. That it's primarily country music through there, because they had mm-hmm. the footloose situation, and you figure, yeah. you know, people who fought to dance, they'd have uh, all sorts of music to dance to instead of just, you know, country. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, David Frizzell and Shelly West. Mm, yeah, 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 that's who it was. That dude, that entire album was just you know gold. It was one of my absolute favorites when I was a little kid. So you know, and I, I remember some of the old guys. You know, <clears throat> just uh, I remember my dad in like the nineties. He really listened to a lot of Mark Chestnut, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, you got Oklahoma's own Vince Gill. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because Vince, Vince just you know he ruled. Um, just you know, just just growing up around all that, you know, there was there's very little from like the rock and roll side, really. You know, I but I do remember from my mom, I I uh, one of my favorite albums growing up was a uh, uh, Jay Giles band, Greatest Hits. You know, they had a uh, 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 song like a centerfold, mm-hmm. which. You know, they had that one and a couple other hits that, you know, I'm, I'm having a total brain fart on right now. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I found that, that, I found that album like used on vinyl for like, you know, four bucks. I'm like, oh, I've got to have this one. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, you know, it took me back to being like five years old. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of vinyl, it's, I, I'm, I collect vinyl and, um, yeah, I do too. you know, like going to all these, antique shops and everything it's mostly classical and country and there's hardly anything else and if it 
was there at one time, it's in some collector's hands because there's not a lot yeah. down here. So, I, yeah. I mean, I can get you all the, you know, Patsy Klein and um, George Jones. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. not even him. I mean, I love those guys. he's more collectible, but like um, yeah. Barbara Streisand, there's probably like 30 in each antique shop. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, but you know, you're you know that so that that believe it or not you, you know influenced me some you know and then when uh, when I was a teenager you know mm-hmm. I would stay with my cousin Jeff and Edmund and you know we were big into skateboarding you know and that summer of the summer of 1992 is you know I uh, we were watching like you know. Uh, skateboard videos, mm-hmm. you know, with like New Deal, with had like uh, Mike Vallely on there, which I love that guy. Uh, he's one of my all time favorites, you know, Ed Templeton, all those dudes, and you know, and they were playing like just all this music. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whoa, hold the phone, wait a minute, what is this <laughs> stuff? And, and you know, that summer I, <clears throat> you know, I discovered uh, uh, Black Flag with their song My War. Mm-hmm. You know, and I discovered. Um, and know, have you uh, seen their um, their albums, like their vinyl? How much they go for now? Oh yeah, like the originals, like mm-hmm. the original pressings from like the eighties. Oh yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's like stupid insane. Mm-hmm. And it all depends on who sang for Black Flag at the time too. So like yeah. everyone's favorite is Keith Morris. You know, who went on to be in the Circle Church and then another hardcore band called Off. Yeah. And then there was uh, I can't remember that one dude's name, and then Henry Rollins. Yeah form which Henry was Henry sang on my war so Henry was my first introduction to black flag yeah and, and he's um, who I remember you know, most. yeah 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 it's like I actually met my Valerie and Greg Jim from who was the guitarist for black flag in Tulsa wow. about seven eight years ago because they had a band together called good for you and I messaged Mike I was like hey me and my son big fans blah 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 I said, but it can't go to your show because it's a bar. He's just little. He goes, no, come meet me before the show. Wow. That's cool. Mike, and I met Greg, and I'm standing there next to Mike, and Greg is, like, signing my Black Flag CD. <laughs> and, like, Mike just kind of, like, hits me in the arm and just looks at me and just, like, shaking his head because he's still in awe, too, and he's in a band with the guy, and he goes, man, that shit right there is so cool. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're telling me. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, like, all all in that summer, it's like I discovered punk rock, and, you know, it's like, and I felt my first sense of, like, belonging mm-hmm. right there, you know, with, like, because I discovered, like, Black Flag, Bad Religion, and uh, my all-time favorite, uh, Social Distortion. Yeah. Because you know, we were going around, and uh, we, were, we were skateboarding with some of the cousin's friends, and we, uh, you know, I'd automatically always go to the music section. Mm-hmm. You know, I always kept enough cash on me because in case I found something I liked. And, and I saw this, this little purple cassette tape that said Social Distortion on the side. I'm like, that sounds really cool. And I looked at it and it's like one of the coolest dudes I've ever seen in my life. And like on the covers, like jumping up in the air with a guitar. <laughs> it's like he's, uh, he's all like... Dressed real slick, like dress pants, like black t-shirts, black <laughs> dress shoes. He's all like just tattooed to the tilt. And I'm just like, holy crap, this is the coolest dude I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I was like, hey guys, is this punk rock? 
and they called me some of the friends called me farm boy because they never raised on the farm. We go like, oh, dude, farm boy, that right there, that's going to be perfect for you. <laughs> they said that's like a perfect mix between punk rock and country. Oh gosh! And you know, it really was. It's like the album was called Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell. Yeah. And it's just that night when we got back to my cousin's house, I was laying down to go to bed. You know, I popped that tape in the Walkman, and that first snare hit on that album opener called Cold Feeling. When that thing hit, I was just, it just automatically had me drawn in. And then, you know, I was like, holy crap. Like, this is the best stuff I've ever heard. And then the second song on the album played called Bad Luck. And I was like, nope, this is it. This solidified it. This is my favorite band. Well, it's weird, like, thinking back now, um, you know, I used to get CDs at Walmart or, like, because that was, like, really the only place around on Walmart. And yeah, and the kids, like my kids, will never understand. You picked out an album based on the cover most a lot of the time because we didn't have any way to listen to it, and then you had to like just hope that your money was well spent because as soon as you opened it, you couldn't take it back. Absolutely. So I got a couple of duds that way. Yeah, yeah, right, totally, exactly. I did the same, did the same thing. (laughs) So that's. That's kind of funny. That brings back a lot of mem- a lot of memories. Yeah, you know, because at the time it's like you know cassette singles and everything. I'm just like the cure disintegration. It's like what's this? It's like oh, it looks cool. I think I'll check it out. It's like oh wow, okay, cool. It, it turned out to be really cool. It's like awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Metallica's one. It's like oh yeah, this stuff rules. <laughs> I I love when music. you find I love when you find music like that and it just fits like a glove. You know. Oh, dude. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, but you know, it's like I discovered punk rock, and it's like it's like I haven't looked back on that. You know, I still. But people tell me it's like, what's your two biggest music influences? What do you listen to the most? And like punk rock and country. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, but 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 please don't lump me into the modern pop country bullcrap. <laughs> Pete Brian. <laughs> yeah. Pete Brian is just terrible. When and I was younger, I got, like the. The, the country, like, 90s were still kind of um, fresh, so, like, Garth Brooks and everybody was still real popular, yeah. so we still got that twangy country, yeah. and then um, yeah. they were talking about him being too pop, and it kind of cracks me up now looking back, but... Well, and, like, our generation, as soon as it hits that stadium country, it's no longer a country, mm-hmm. it seems like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. also, I was raised, like, I was a teen in the like early 2000s mm-hmm. so like most of my punk rock influences are like emo punk <laughs> so i mean like that was yeah, like the and, big and, thing and was you know, like and green and day that's fine I mean, it's like, yeah. there's a lot of great a lot of great emo stuff which which looking back on me you know it's like between my generation and your generation it's like a lot of things that they're calling emo i'm like that's not emo that was never emo like they're calling lincoln park emo like, yeah, yeah no no <laughs> emo was hard yeah. i mean uh lincoln park yeah, was hard yeah. back then <laughs> yeah, it's like when I think when I think of emo, I think back to the very, 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 very root of emo, which was pretty much credited to this the East Coast uh, hardcore band called Rites of Spring. Mm-hmm. If you want kids that are out there listening, if you want to know your emo roots, go listen to Rites of Spring. It was around from like eighty four, eighty five, yeah. where the album is, and some of those members went on to be in uh, Fugazi. 
yeah. is another band I discovered, and I love those guys. Yeah, well. everybody. We uh, Bad Year talked about that a lot. Yeah, we talked to a band named Bad Year from Wisconsin, and they they said that was one of their big mm-hmm. influences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian McKay, or however you say his last name, you know, he's huge, huge, huge guy. You know, the guys, he was just like the, the absolute. Just like their album Repeater was just mind blowing to me. Weren't they an inspiration but, for um, Nirvana too? Possibly, Kurt. To, Kurt was a huge influence yeah. to me personally. You know, because I discovered Nirvana a little late. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. You know, of course, I was listening to this was like early '90s and stuff like that. And, and you know, I was in school and I was listening to like, you know, Face No More, their album Epic, which I love that album absolutely. And all these kids are like, "Have you heard Nirvana yet?" I'm like, "Who?" Yeah. Nirvana, they're all over the radio. You know, like, I, listen, I don't listen to the radio. You know, I've got my punk rock CDs and all this other stuff. And, and then when I finally heard smells like Teen Spirit, it's like the heavens opened up. And, you know, the light shined down upon me, and I was like, oh. Yeah, kids nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Kids nowadays, um, it kind they kind of lump Nirvana kind of into like just rock, and um. They don't realize that when they came out, nothing else sounded like them. Absolutely. No. no it, it's like Kurt took punk rock, but took it to a different, different style, different, different, you know, not necessarily different level, but mm-hmm. he, it's almost like he took punk rock and he made it his own because, you know, he was heavily influenced by a band in the area called Melvin, yeah. which they're kind of doomy, sludgy, kind of punk rocky. And, you know, they've, they've got some good albums like Stoner Witch and Houdini. Um, and, yeah. But one, one thing, one person that was a big influence on Kurt, most people don't realize, was um, uh, a man by the name of uh, uh, Lead Belly. Oh, yeah. Who was a, like, you know, this uh, uh, black man that was mm-hmm. big in, like, Delta Blues and Lead Belly stuff. It's just, oh, crap. Just going back. All those guys. All those guys just from the Delta Blues area, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Lead Belly, Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters. Mm, I was um, going to say Muddy Waters then, uh, was a good one. Yeah, and then and then the guy that 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 um you know is credited for pretty much making the Delta Blues what it is, you know, Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's just like there's a line out of a, a speaking of the devil song, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, he says. Uh, but the black man taught me how to sing the blues. I'm just like, yes. I said, because there's, there's the black man's blues, which I love that stuff. And oh, then yeah. there's like the two chords, blues. you know, just singing yeah. on your front porch, like belting your heart out. Yeah. You you can, it comes straight from the soul. Yeah. It's like the most yeah, emotion. Oh, like if you want to feel yeah. emotion, listen to some old mm-hmm. blues music. Absolutely. Yeah. Just throw on an old Robert, Robert Johnson album. Yeah. <laughs> Or Lead Belly, or just any of those guys. Big just, Mama Horton was a good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She was she was like more of a soul singer, but not really. I mean, she still had that like that Delta sound. And actually, mm-hmm. I, you probably know this, but that's where um, Elvis took the uh, Hound Dog from. Was her? Yeah, yeah. Elvis typed a lot of stuff. You know. Yeah. Elvis, well, he said that when he watched her. Back on him, he was he was really a. a, a garbage human being absolutely well he um he had uh watched her live or whatever and he said he wept in the crowd when she sang and i just thought that was pretty cool 
Yeah, but then he went on to do his thing and like never gave any shout outs or credits because he was probably <laughs> silenced back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and he had some piece of crap uh, managers and stuff too. So, oh yeah, yeah. I, oh god, I can see that guy's face. I can see a picture of him right now. I can't think of yeah, his name. He's a, uh, major or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. But. He was, he was talking about piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, major piece of crap. We'll just, we'll just call him that. Yeah. <laughs> I took, um, I took, um, music, uh, in American history and, and music in American society in college. And to this day, like out of all the class, what? That would have been a cool class. Oh yeah. And to this day, like out of all the experiences I had in college, those are my favorite. Um, I learned so much, like we would just isolate a period of time and deep dive. And, um, I learned so much in that, like one semester of just going to, um, that class. And I did the whole rest of my school. Well, it's because that's a timeless class and you learn to get an appreciation for the music. Well, when you're born, he said, the professor was like, from the moment you're born, you have a beat because your heart's beating. And he says, it lives in you. Like, if you look back to the very first humans that we can find on this earth, they had some kind of musical culture. Like, it's it's something that we've always had. It's one of the yeah, yeah. whether it's like taking a stick, banging on a rock, and just saying "oga boga." Yeah. <laughs> they were doing something. Yeah, yeah. So it's something that I think if you really want to get to someone's soul and like find out about them, you just find out what their music tastes are. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, what kind of music do you like? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Yes. Yeah, do, you, do you mean the band? Yes. Or do you mean like, <laughs> music? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> My wife hates riding with me in the car because I will go from like country to like pop to like heavy rock, you know, and then to like singer songwriter, like right back to back. And she's like, oh. like <laughs> find a genre and stick with it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like I'll just be like riding my car. You know, it's like because a lot of some some stuff even now it's like I, I've listened to just because of my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like that know, comes with the territory. Driving, <laughs> yeah, be like driving down the road, my car's on shuffle. You know, I'm just kind of just like just going along to the music, and you know, it's like it's like okay, it's like well, you know, here's a. Here's a no use for a name song. And all of a sudden, here's like Lamb of God. Yeah, and then exactly. Like all of a sudden, it's like you know, it's like here's Melanie Martinez. <laughs> it's like, is that Taylor Swift? Yeah. Are you seriously listening to a Taylor Swift song? I'm like, what, dude? Sparks fly slap. Okay? Yeah. Get off my back. Uh, one of the manliest guys I've ever met in my life. Um, I mean. Just if you like look in the dictionary next to like what you imagine, like the ultimate, you know, man, he would be there like just on outwardly and inwardly. And when he got drunk, he would turn up Taylor Swift as loud as the radio would go. And he would just belt it. And it just cracked me up because like meeting this guy, I was like, man, he probably, you know, hates music because the way he's like snarling and stuff. But yeah, he was a huge Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not the biggest fan, but I mean, she's got a couple of songs I just listen oh, to yeah. the kids. But I, I, I mean, call me a pussy. I don't care. But you oh, know, it's no. like Sparks Fly is a good song. 
Just like Rihanna. But you know what? That song say, it's just like, (laughs) it's like right in the field, dude. Absolutely. I'm one of those people that there's not, like, there's times where I'm not in the mood to listen to a certain song, but absolutely but music to me like it's just music like i don't there's no like it's kind of like art like you can't obviously there's stuff that looks like trash like i mean you know like a fourth grader drew something and and like poked holes in the canvas and you're like i don't get it but you know but i don't it's like painting painting is art that fills up space yeah Mm -hmm. music is art that fills up time yeah absolutely and, you know, everyone takes, you can take the same song and everyone's going to take something different from mm-hmm. it. I was actually talking to someone about that the other day. Uh, they, oh, what was the song? I Will Survive. Mm-hmm. And right. they were comparing Aretha Franklin to Cake. I was like, you can't really do that. But, I mean, you know. Well, yeah, we, um, like, I don't know. It's. Music is 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 so emotional and and it connects to your soul so much that like when there's certain songs that will come on the radio, and I'll be in the car with my wife and I'll say, "Hey, I remember the first time I heard that. This is what the weather was like. This is where I was sitting, and this was my mood." You know, like it's so weird how it just triggers that like nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's like okay, I remember listening to this and I was with her. Yeah. And I was I was happy in that moment, and yeah. I can remember smelling this or yeah. something okay. like that. Yeah. And, and and yeah, it's like music can just trigger so much stuff. Not necessarily all good stuff either, mm-hmm. but you know, just all of a sudden you hear a song and you're just like, "That son of a gun!" Yeah, yeah exactly. You can <laughs> be yeah, you can be in the best mood ever and hear like <laughs> you know, like this like a sad song. Uh, a good one is uh, "Whiskey Lullaby" by Brad Paisley. Oh, that gosh. song always makes oh, me sad. Oh, like, yeah. and I'm just like, I'll be like sitting there, mm-hmm. you know, listening to some upbeat stuff, and then that song will come on next. I'm like, turn it, turn it. I don't want to. You don't want to be yeah. sad. To solitary <laughs> tear. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like like Brad Paisley. You know his song "When I Get Where I'm Going." Oh my god! Yeah. I can't. You get that lump in your throat. I have a rough time hearing any of that. It's like I'll hear it come on the radio. I'll go in the other room. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. turn, it off, turn it off. I can't do it. Yeah, when he talks about his grandpa, awful. I just start bawling. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly that. Yeah. It's like you know, because you know, all those memories of my granddad, you know, come flooding in. I'm just like, nope, I can't do yeah. it right now. Yeah, yeah. The one of the speaking like Sonny was always the coolest guy on the block. Um, we would uh, be just chilling in the yard playing, and uh, he would come pulling up on his four wheeler, and he, he'd be like, "Hey, when y'all get a chance, you know, tell tell old Shirley to let y'all come over and look at a rock collection." And uh, yep. he would come, and he, each one he would tell us a story about how he got it or whatever. And then yep. the funniest memory I have of him was it was one of the big ice storms, like the one of the two big ones that like power was out for oh weeks gosh. or whatever. And um that was oh, two thousand seven, yeah. two thousand eight, sorry. No, it was earlier than that. It was oh the gosh. first one. Like nine not ninety nine, it was right after that. But I was standing on the porch, I was taking out the trash at my grandma's house, and here he comes on his four wheeler on the ice ro- on the road that's like four inches of ice. <laughs> and he goes, Watch this and he guns it and he does like five circles, like spins out like donuts, 
and he's just sliding around and then he takes off and doesn't say a word to me and i was just like oh my god like this is the coolest guy i've ever met in my life <laughs> it's like showing you kids how it's done yeah exactly and my grandpa and him one time uh we're messing around in the street and mammy kept yelling at him saying you're the cops are gonna come y'all are gonna get in trouble and so him and and sonny both popped wheelies and like drove off into the backyard and it just like as a kid i was like man they're like you know old and they're rebels like they're still rebelling against her you know it's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I never really thought of it this way, but it's like my granddad doing stuff like that was like totally punk rock. Back oh, then. yeah, definitely. Like, oh, crap. Yeah, he was like, you, you know, know, actually, my, you know what? My my granddad never he always blamed himself, but it, it wasn't his fault. But, uh, you know, because I because I'm heavily tattooed. Yeah. Uh, you know, my guess is, is I'm probably more tattooed than the population of Elmore. <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, and, 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 you know, my infatuation with that came when I was like four or five, when you could go to a grocery store and I'm like, you know, just a little turd bouncing around and be like, I'm going to go look at the magazines. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to go shop. We'll get you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can't do that now. No, 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 no. But I, I, you know, I couldn't read, you know, I wasn't told enough to read, but I was just like looking at those magazines because the covers just look so cool and flip them open, and the pictures and everything. Yeah. I remember this biker, biker magazine, <laughs> this big old burly, like biker dude, like, like standing there, just, just looking, you know, just menacing as he could, but he was just like all completely tattooed. Of course, you know, they look like crap, but you know, I just remember him standing there and I was like, in that moment as that small minded child, I said, I'm going to look like that one. Day. Yeah. That's so funny. But my granddad, my granddad blamed himself because, you know, we were at like a homeland or something and those little, you know, quarter machines, you know, had like the little fake temporary tattoos. Yeah. And uh, I, I wanted one and he's like, okay, he's thinking it's innocent enough. And it was like a little bitty teeny tiny rose. And, you know, he put it on my forearm and I would just like stare at that thing for hours. <laughs> I just thought it was like so cool. It's like I couldn't wait to be older and just be completely tattooed. But, then when I got older, started getting tattooed, it's like he felt so small because he he's like, it's all my fault, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's like, nope, nope. No, you had nothing to do with that, Grandpa. Absolutely. Yeah. He was, like, I promise yeah. you. He was very, um, like, I heard him tell his, like, you know, his story about being a POW and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, just like, he almost blamed himself for getting caught. And I just thought that was that mind blowing, you know, like the fact that yeah. he, he like he had been treated like scum and still was like this big enough person to be like, well, you know, I could have done something different. Maybe I could have done. And I'm like, man, that's yeah. just, his, yeah, he's so humble about everything mm-hmm. that, you know, even in like the worst possible situation, he wasn't like, you know, like, I don't know, almost like not blaming them in a weird way. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, granddad's human. He, he had his faults like everyone else, but you know, it's like, to me, it's like, you've got Jesus. And then it's like, it's my granddad. Oh right yeah, after that. Absolutely. You know, and the fact that they got the same birthday, <laughs> you know, that just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that was it. that's just what, 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 yeah. what granddad was to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and he was just so humble yeah. mm-hmm. with, with just everything. Yeah. 
And, you know, even if he saw something that, you know, went totally against what he believed in or, you know, he just absolutely didn't like, not once did I ever personally ever witness or hear him, like, pass judgment. Yeah. And I picked up on that. You know, it's, it's, you know, you know, in the middle of the eighties, oh, look, there's a man wearing a dress, mm-hmm. you know, he just kind of look at it and just, he just didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I think my grandpa was cut from the same cloth as him because they were yeah. a lot alike in that sense. Like my, my grandpa taught me that, you know, people are human and you know, that every sin's equal as far as like, you know, all that goes yeah. and, and that, everybody's trying to survive the best they can and, you know, not to really judge anyone because he said, one of the things that he told me that's always stuck with me is that we judge everybody else by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our best intentions. And he said that should be flipped, you know, and, and that really stuck with me. But, um, yeah, they, yeah, cause, cause I've got friends that they cover the entire gamut. Yeah, absolutely. Everything, you know, but beliefs, how how they are as people, you know, mm-hmm. different directions in life, you know, it's just like, and I love every single one of them. Yeah, it seems like the world's kind of got away from that mindset, but it's slowly coming back towards it, you know. Um, uh, yes, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, okay, I I get it, but you know. You, you can't be saying praise Jesus and then dropping the end bomb every time you see a oh, black yeah, person. Of course. Okay, it doesn't work that way. Absolutely. It's directly against everything that the Bible says, so mm-hmm. it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, I hate to break it to you guys, but Jesus wasn't the white man. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a rapper named Andy Minio, and one of his songs, um, he says, and I apologize for Christians, he said, because the people standing there with the signs that say God hates Fags. He said Jesus wouldn't act like that. And Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. And so you know, I I feel like as a Christian in this world, or you know, someone that does believe in God, it's really hard because you almost feel like you need to go and apologize to every person because it's like I'm sorry for all these terrible people that say they're with us. You know, they're like not. They're pushing more people away. Oh yeah. There's a mass exodus from the church right now, especially with my generation. It's it's been pretty all all inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about why, but you know. There's also, in a way, it's like the devils have infiltrated the church system. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. It's kind of like Hydra. Funny, <laughs> yeah, right. But what, 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 I don't want to get too much into religion. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, more, I'm much more into it on the spiritual aspect than the religious aspect. Oh, exactly. I'll tell you one reason why. It's Jesus didn't like religion. Absolutely. There's multiple cases why. in the Bible where he was against it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He was totally against religion, but you know, white man took it. Oh, we're going to make Jesus white. Yeah, yeah. and he, they and then white man actually came and totally turned it into a religion. Mm-hmm. And Christianity was not a religion; it was spirituality. Yeah. It's pageantry, and some places it's a like I was talking about someone today. It's become a uh, like a country club for the people, you know, and it's no yeah. longer what it was meant to be. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think 
that's one thing that I loved about my grandpa is that he was an amazing person and he showed you how to be and he didn't force it down your throat. But, you know, he yeah. was like, yeah, exactly. let me be a guide, you know, and that was really weird because at that time, you know, there was like MTV was huge, all this stuff of like, you know, this this movement of like the, yeah, the perverse counterculture. Yeah, yeah. And like the stuff that, yeah. you know, and so he was just like, well, you know, he never judged like my, my grandpa would play 103.5 on his bus, which was like the rap station. <laughs> And Eminem would come on every day on the way home from the bus. And, you know, he was just up there chilling because my grandpa didn't care. And he knew it wasn't because, you know, he didn't know the words or didn't listen. Like he just he knew he knew that's what the kids liked. And he knew that kids are kids and you're going to you're going to experiment because if you hold kids back too much, that's when they go crazy when they get older. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. So. It was pretty like, well, cool having to watch this or listen to that. Yeah. It's like they're doing it on the sneak. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's, um, there's things that, you know, you got to hide from them, like, or at least not hide, but like not shelter them, but like kind of gently guide them into it and be like, this, this isn't okay, you yeah. know? But, um, yeah, I think hiding stuff and then expecting them not to be smart enough to figure it out is, is setting yourself up for, a big surprise later on. I think that's kind of yeah, one and benefit. Then, and then, like, getting all pissed off and taking it out on them, but they discovered it when, you know, you need to be pissing yourself or yeah, teaching absolutely. them about it beforehand. Absolutely. I think that's kind of one benefit of growing up when we did. Like, we're the last lucky generation because after us, the Internet was kind of a big thing, and, you know, kids could get on there and find out anything or you know, find anything to back up their opinions. It's very hard to have an argument with my oldest because I'll tell her a fact or something that I've heard my whole life, and she'll be like, actually, and then she'll get on Google. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, listen here, you little fact checker. Yeah. That's what I was told my whole life. I'm not going to believe anything different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you say the world's flat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The yeah. new the new trend and is... I don't care who you are, what you think, what yeah. you believe. Courtney killed Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the new trend, uh, the conspiracy is that Helen, Kel- Helen Keller um, was never blind or deaf. Have, have you heard that? Yeah. No, I have not heard that one. Well, they're taking pictures of her and showing, like, people with blind eyes, like, how they're clouded, and, like, showing her is how they're, like, clear and all these things, and it's just, like... Well, I mean, you got to figure photography back then. Well, I know, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's... Somebody somewhere is going to find something and create a story and run with it. Absolutely. Yeah, and what I've found out, it's mostly trolls. Um, most of yeah. the conspiracy theories that come to be popular, somebody was just like, wouldn't it be funny if, if we said this and people believed it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how can I be a dick today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm pretty sure that's how hollow earth, um, started out. Like the hollow earth people, the person that came yeah. up with that, like, well, not like in recent times, I'm sure there was older people that believed it, but like the most new trend, mm-hmm. it was all somebody's joke that, you know, people took literal. Yeah. <laughs> 4chan yeah, is really yeah, bad about yeah. that. <laughs> but we've seen yeah. how how powerful the internet is. Like, have you know the GameStop mm-hmm. stock? 
Absolutely. Like it's surging again. And it's all because, you know, people on the internet. And that's just. I'm mad about that. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, I was I was pretty sure it was dead. Like GameStop had been going the way of the Dodo for like the last, you know, six years. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you know, I quit buying from there and everything. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to be the top stock. Well, and the funny thing is, it's just to give the middle finger to. Oh, yeah. To the stock market. Like uh, for, you know. Wall Street, like Absolutely. everybody's like, haha, we don't need you. Absolutely. <laughs> just yeah. A bunch of old white crusty people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they lost billions. Yeah. The little hedge fund babies lost billions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so, it's, well, it's I'm crazy. sorry. You're actually going to have to go out and get a job now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's, it's kind of like I just, I dabbled in the stock market this last couple of weeks. Um, and I, I made $50 and I was like, heck yeah. But it's one of those things where the next six months I may lose you know, all of it. Yeah. But it's like me at a casino. One time I think the most I've ever done at a casino was like 60 bucks. I'm like, Woo-hoo, I'm going to oh, heck yeah. Oh, God. It feels like it. Yeah. Anytime I start getting like, as soon as it goes down one penny, I'm like, okay, I'm cashing out. Yeah. See, I- <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, really, I just want, I just want a hundred bucks. Oh, just lost two. <laughs> I kind of did the exact opposite. I went in there with twenty bucks, and I said, "As soon as I lose this, I'm done." <laughs> like ten minutes later. Yeah. Well, the first <laughs> time ATM. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I turned eighteen, um, and my girlfriend at the time was like, "We're gonna, you know, pop your casino cherry." And so we went late at night to uh, Riverwind in Norman, and uh, I brought in. I was like, "I'm only bringing in like." five dollars and i'm like i'm just gonna or ten dollars i was like that's all i'm gonna spend you know that way i can say i did it and then we went and i didn't realize that i was playing the slot that was the five dollar slot and after two spins i was broke and i was like man casinos suck and she was like you picked the worst machine (laughs) gotta find the penny slots man that's where all the money is but you see some of those people will sit in there for like five hours and they're like going up and down oh, up and down i'm like yeah. how are you it's all a dopamine kick oh my god i can't imagine sitting there that long it's insane yeah i had a friend it's like her husband he's a um basically a professional gambler yeah and that's all he does and, and you know she works at a nurse at a hospital and then he does that and she's like um he is very rarely does he ever have like a a like losing month and yeah. even if he does it's like it's not it's not enough to like hurt them or anything and they said almost always he breaks even every month yeah that's every crazy once while, you know he'll he'll win some and i'm just like i you know what i don't think i could handle the stress of that yeah. oh no 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 not at all <laughs> my um great aunt she wins cars all the time cool. i think she's won like six in her lifetime but um <laughs> I don't know how much she's spent trying to get that, you know, and, and enough, like, to buy, true. enough to buy six cars. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, probably. But what's hilarious is every time we go to like a family reunion, she always suggests that we have it at a hotel that has a casino, and and I was always like, Mel, maybe because she likes to gamble, and it's no because she gets comped rooms. <laughs> oh yeah, like, they're welcome like, back. yeah, you've already spent like. 
enough to buy the whole hotel worth for like two nights we might as well give you a free room for the night <laughs> yeah it's like you know you pretty much pumped enough money in here you could buy this room and we could yeah. rent it out through you yeah my anxiety is too high to to yeah. live that way no, I, dude. I can't no, dude. no way there's no way and i grew up broke no so i mean yeah so yeah. a dollar is important like, yeah i always told my friends yeah, yeah. they would take you know a hundred dollar bill in there and i'm like you know what i could buy for a hundred dollars like just give me that hundred dollars i'll go double it somewhere yeah you know or like yeah. i'll buy a hundred dollars worth of stuff i'll bring it back we'll share it yeah and then, you know, then yeah. you don't have to leave sad. We go get 100 McDoubles and spend the whole afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's just get fat this afternoon, boy. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah, have something to show for it. Yeah, and then when your parents get mad, just be like, hey, I could have wasted it on gambling. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could have spent it on drugs, but instead I bought McDonald's. Which is, I guess that's like... There's a fine line between Walmart, or Walmart uh, McDonald's, and drugs. Yeah. It's all about McDonald's that McDonald's is just a different type of drug. Yeah, absolutely. Well, their french fries, like, I swear they have some kind of crack, like, like <laughs> substance on them. Because the more you eat, the more you want. <laughs> I, te- I tell you what I am convinced has some sort of a sedative built right into it and that's my recliner absolutely <laughs> maybe it's just like the you know it's like okay yeah you're over 40 and you're a dad so yeah. anytime you sit in a recliner and lean back it's like it's lights out for you now <laughs> time yeah. to sleep like every time yeah, my grandpa like, wide awake like totally into oh yeah definitely TV show it's like oh my gosh what's gonna happen next the next thing I know I'll wake up it's like four hours later I'm like <laughs> bro <laughs> other than like a Marvel movie I don't think I've sat through a whole movie in the last like two months yeah. without falling asleep in the recliner <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like oh and if I'm a passenger in a car oh no oh uh, yeah there's something no, about a car might that's as well just soothing on me taking a nap Absolutely. oh yeah um, my grandpa used to say two things. He used to say one. He's like, um, you see this chair? And he would like point at the handle and he's like, it's magic. He's like, watch when the legs go up, the eyes close. <laughs> and then he would say, yeah, he he would leave my house and he would be like, kind of not in a hurry, but he's like, all right, got to go. And I'm like, what do you got to do? And he was very mechanical and he, he wor- worked with wood all the time. So I was thinking, He's got a project. And he was like, yeah, I got to go put a rear end in a recliner. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Every, was, every small town needs someone like your grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he yeah, was honorary till like, the very end. Oh, his dying day. Yeah. Dying day. That's just like my granddad. I mean, honorary till the dying day. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, when he was kind of on his deathbed, um, it's kind of morbid, but it always makes me laugh. Um, he was, um, like, he would always yell from his recliner, like, Shirley, Shirley, come get me, you know, a drink or whatever, like, just messing with her because he, he knew she was busy and he knew that she was cleaning or cooking or something. And he would always just yell at her to, like, annoy her. And uh, when he was kind of out of it, and he was starting to kind of die, like, the last, like, four days. He would just shout, shout at her. He would be like, Shirley, Shirley. And she'd be like, what, Dean? And he'd be like, nothing. And that was, like, the funniest thing. 
So he was a turd to like the last, you know, couple of days. Hi. Yeah. That's definitely a Dean Warsham thing. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I could, you know, I could almost hear him. Yeah. <laughs> just doing that, and I could almost see the look Shirley would get. Oh yeah, she would just roll her eyes, give that slap. Yeah, and then another thing he would do is when she would start yelling at him to get up to do something, and he he swore that. She had some kind of, you know, sixth sense that when he got comfortable, she needed him to do something. So he would say, watch this, and he would sit down, and she'd be like, Dean. And then he would just, he would reach up and turn down his hearing aids and laugh and just sit there and put his fingers over his belly and just sit back and watch TV. And I was like, Papa was yelling at you. He goes, he'd wink at me and be like, I know. <laughs> She's not yelling at me. So oh, I can't hear it. Oh gosh, that that's hilarious. Yeah. So, you know, I'll tell you one of my fondest memories growing up in Elmore, being a kid. And you know, this this may just be my opinion, but you know what? I don't care. Yeah. It's like if somebody wants to fight me on it, bring it on. <laughs> but in my opinion, there for at least a few years stretch. At Halloween, my granddad's house was legendary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That town. We had so many people flock, and I would do so much stuff. I, I would do, like, like three or four, like, just, like, dressing changes, pretty much. It's like I might... I might stand up on the fence and act like I, I'm like some stuffed gargoyle or something, wait for them to come <laughs> by, and I'd screech and start chasing everybody. Oh, or, gosh. I'd like lay under a car and then just lay there, just like move and jump out. And <laughs> granddad loved scaring people. And, yeah. you know, that's, I just love Halloween because of that. Yeah. Well, um, two things that I can really remember being over there at my grandpa's, um, is that I had a boom box that had batteries in it and it had a handle on the top and I would tie a rope to it and I would like pull it up in the tree and then tie it off. And I would play scary, like, music that, like that. You know, the it's like a hundred scary sounds on CD or whatever. The, the tape from McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 oh, that's old school. And what, when the kids would come up, you know, they'd be just kind of like, you know, trick or treat. And then it'd be like screaming and screeching in the tree. And they're just like freaking out. And then another time, my grandpa dressed, dressed up as a scarecrow. And he was sitting on the porch holding the the bucket of candy and when people would come up he'd be like just get one and they would you know freak yeah. out because yeah. they thought he was stuffed <laughs> but, yeah. yeah he wore my sister's witch hat one year and it had like the long hair the purple hair yeah and he was just sitting there on the porch the whole time and man everybody that came by would just start cracking up laughing he'd just smile and wave like the you know the queen like it was nothing yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That that's just that's just the best. I just hope to be that you know all of us are like that when we're older. You know, just kind of carefree and joyous. Yeah. So hopefully life isn't too complicated by then. You know, nobody gets nuked or anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's you know it's like it's like almost growing up like during the Cold War. You know, kids would be like, instead of saying, you know, when I grow up, someone would be like, if I grow up. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm surprised they don't do the nuclear um, 
drills and stuff, you know. Well, and it's like they're like, yeah, get under your desk. <laughs> when you look back, when you look back on it on the nuclear drills, it's like who came up with this stuff? Yeah. Was you like drunk that day? It's like <laughs> okay, kids, if you see a bright flash. Just get on your desk and cover your head. Yeah, <laughs> it's not an earthquake. <laughs> You're gonna be turned to yeah. dust. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you might be saved if you found one of those old school like lead lined refrigerators. Yeah, <laughs> getting the door open. So either yeah. way, you're gonna die. You know, we used, we one time I remember, and I don't know if this was like my memory or like an older kid that told me about this, but I was probably like first grade and they had these pamphlets that they handed out at one of these little, you know, things where they'd come talk to the class about safety. And one of them was like, don't, if you ever find a a refrigerator, don't ever climb in it (laughs) because they lock, you know, and you can't get out. There's no handle on the inside. Yeah. Back in the day they were like that. Yeah. And it's, but it's like, you know, in my age, like I don't remember there being a ton of just refrigerators everywhere. Like, where, yeah. was, where was this innate fear that like there was just kids climbing in refrigerators? <laughs> it had to have come from somewhere. Yeah, it's just like if you see a rogue refrigerator, yeah. do not climb in it. Yeah. Resist the urge, kids. Yeah. Or this could be you. Yeah, the wild refrigerators <laughs> of Elmore City were out to get us. <laughs> Yeah, don't yeah, talk it, about know, the. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about the guy that lives next door that you know is a little creepy. But let's these refrigerators. We need to tell the children. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's like he it has like foil over his windows and a strange smell coming from his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we have. Uh, I put out some. Like on some of our socials, I put a deal that you know asked. It said who we're gonna have a an, a guest, and you know, do you have any questions that you might want us to ask them? And so I got a couple here. If you want want to answer those real quick. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. All right. Um, yeah. So, what's something you learned from COVID? Uh, what is something I learned from COVID? Uh, I learned that it absolutely sucks to get it. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I can agree. I've, yeah. got, I've had it t- I, twice. I, I knew it was a matter of time, yeah. you know, being an ER nurse, mm. that I was going to get it. And, um, you know, so I, I was diagnosed on November 29th. And, you know, I had, I did the quarantine thing for my 10 days and I was just like, dude, something's still not right. My doctor's like, all right, come on up. He said my extra, my chest x-ray looked clear on November the 10th. He goes, but I'm still calling it post-COVID pneumonia, treating me for Mm -hmm. that. Got started on antibiotics. Well, November 11th, I started a six day stretch of work. And I will tell you those first couple of days really sucked. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah. You're huffing and puffing over there. No, I'm not. I'm okay. <laughs> I just got to stand here for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but, but luckily, luckily I though, does. it's like my O2 sat stayed up. Yeah. You know, I did have shortness of breath and cough and the weakness. Just, you know, my stairs. Oh my God. It's so bad. I have oh, to go yeah. up and down my stairs. And I, I, the most I would do is walk to the end of my drive to check my mail every day. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of times, it's like I would start coughing so bad. I thought I was going to pass out. I was like, oh, God, no, don't let me pass out right here. It's like my neighbors will not check on me at all. 
like my they'll just like leave my body right there. It's like, huh, something looks wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um but, when I got COVID, um the the first time it felt like I mean, well the first time it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. I, I felt like it was a bad cold. But the second time it was respiratory and still to this day I, I get anxiety attacks like almost like a PTSD thing if I think I can't breathe for a minute or like if I wake up from you know being in a deep sleep and I wasn't breathing as as good as I should have I didn't have enough oxygen like I'll go into like this anxiety attack and that was one thing that was very you know it almost broke me like mentally and it's still it's been I, I got it in September of last year and still it bothers yeah. me so it's just yeah, weird it, how that works you know about a month or so ago now um you know i was pulling some icu shifts at a hospital and um one of the nurses that worked there during the day shift had met and you know knew that i had had it yeah and at, you know and you know, she was older than me. She was, uh, I think she was pushing 60 or something. She was actually up here. She was actually on the news, mm-hmm. you know, for having passed. Um, and you know, she messaged me and she was like, how, how did you deal with COVID? It's like, what did you do? And I'll just tell us, well, you know, it's, it's like, first off, it really sucked. Um, I give it zero stars. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and, not try again, but yeah, <laughs> But, you know, it's, you know, I told her, I said, I maintain, you know, it's like I made it, you know, and I've got comorbidities with it, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not like a, you know, I've always been a big guy, yeah. but, you know, it's, I give myself crap on Facebook all the time, but, you know, I'm really not that fat. Yeah. I'm just a big guy. I look, I just look like Bane that gave up a lot of crime and settled down and got dad bought. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, but, but, you know, but BMI wise, you know, I'm still considered like class two obesity. Mm-hmm. So you know, I've got I've got an overweight problem. Um, I've got a history of like exercise induced asthma, which just developed as an adult, and then plus I'm type two diabetic. Yeah. Um, so I've got like those three strikes against me, mm-hmm. but you know, still I made it through. You know, okay. Well, this this nurse, she was I think she was like maybe sixty. I'll, I'm going to call her sixty. She could be younger. Which, if she was younger than that, she's probably cussing me from wherever she's at now. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, but you know, she got a hold of me. She goes, how'd you do that? And I just told her, she's like, well, did they put you on any medicines? It's like, no, it's like, really, it's just supplements. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of Z, you know, vitamin C and, and elderberry and all this other stuff. And, uh, well, I guess she'd gone to the hospital to get checked out the next day. They wanted to admit her, but she was like, no, she was just giving me some fluids and steroids. Went back home, had to come back the next day because she got worse. They're like, no you're staying Mm -hmm. you're you're not doing good at all so and they admitted her and dude she just tanked yeah she tanked so quickly they ended up intubating her you know and they had to get her to a bigger hospital with a higher level of care and uh she never came off the vent well she came off the vent but not with her life yeah so I mean, yeah, it, it it killed her, and it was a bit of a shock. Yeah, you know, we're all just still kind of like, but man, really. So I went and worked at that hospital like the other day. It's like, dude, this is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like being here and not hearing her just loud ass laugh. Yeah, yeah. 
that, <laughs> you know, it was just kind of infectious every time you'd hear it. Yeah. Because she, she didn't know how to laugh quietly. <laughs> <laughs> She'd go telling the story and she would just start laughing and just like booming. And it's just like, dude, it's, uh, it's almost like this hospital has gotten silenced. Yeah. Yeah. Just for her, because she'd been there forever. It's like one of my doctors that works there that I'm good friends with. He's like, I've known her like 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the ER director there, it's like they, they pretty much had been best friends for like 40-something years. It's Dang. like she, they were like in-laws at one point. You know, their their kids, grandkids, you know, they raised those kids, you know, you know, together being like sister-in-laws and stuff like that. And it's just like, she, she's having a pretty rough time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, been like, it's just, it's losing your best friend after, you know, well over half your life. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't care what they say, you know, anytime someone dies, it's shocking, mm-hmm. no matter, yeah. you know, even if they've had cancer forever. But, um, like, it's an unexpected hole. Yeah. But, um, like, my, my wife had an uncle and he was, uh, he used to play for the Atlanta Falcons and he was like still in super oh, shape cool. and um, he just passed away. When, when did we go to Texas? Not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, no, a couple months ago. Is yeah, that... last month I think it was. Oh, wow. And, um, wow. and he, he was scared of the vent because, you know, he had been told that, I think, I mean, I, I don't really know the situation, but I think he was just scared to get on the vent because, you know, he's afraid they he would never get off of it and he thought he could fight it himself, yeah. I think. So... Yeah. You know, like within the next couple of days, he was gone, and it was kind of like wow, because he was, I mean, in shape. He, you know, he had, yeah, he used, it, it, you know, he had like a little bit of ailments, but not really. I mean, he was pretty, pretty good in shape, and so it was kind of like holy crap. If it can take him, you know, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. COVID, much like you know, almost any other disease, you know, like you know, like cancer or anything like that, it's like, it, it holds no bias. Oh, yeah. If it wants to kill you, it was, it's going to kill you. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that just doesn't matter. And, 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 you know, you know, talking about like, you know, it's just always shocking. You know, as long as I've been in the field and as many deaths as I've like personally witnessed. Yeah. And that's, you know, a lot count years ago, but I mean, it could, those numbers could be pushing a thousand by now. Yeah. You know, I would, I would like to say easy within the six to 700 range, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've seen all sorts of deaths. I've seen, you know, ones that I can't describe other than beautiful, peaceful deaths. And I've seen some very violent deaths. But the ones that get you are your own. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot different when it's your own. Yeah. It's just like when when uh, Nanny died at my mom's house. You know, it's a lot different when it's like your own. Mm-hmm. And... I, I, um, I've heard that on a couple of patients before, but I actually heard Nanny's heartbeat take its last beat. Mm-hmm. 
before it stopped. I listened to her heart stop. Yeah. That, that's heavy. You know, and I was just like, I was just like, it's, I said, it's, it's done. I said, it, it stopped. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot different when you're at home. Yeah. It's um, like my wife's dad was um, last year was in a um, bad accident. He, he was a, a driver for like the oil field kind of uh, materials and mm-hmm. he dropped it off on site and the, it was a guy from the city of Durant and they didn't have the forklift available. So they tried to drive it off with the truck and it was that really big, like a uh, PVC pipe, the, I mean, giant stuff. And yeah. it, uh, it flipped back and hit him in the head and knocked him down and he hit his skull on the concrete and, uh, you know, he had been in there for a long time on life support and they thought he might pull through a couple of times and then he'd like tank again and then he'd go back up. And, and, uh, so it was like this dance, but no matter how long she had to prepare for herself, when he finally quit breathing, it was still like, I don't know, like it was, it was almost like it was the first time you, you know, you, like somebody dying in a car. Yeah. You know, it was the same thing. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's, you know, it, 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 you know, some things, yeah. I was like, there, you know, I don't think there's, there's not really been anything that has bothered me dealing with all the death. You know, there's a couple of things that I won't forget. Yeah. Like I had a, you know, a, a, a teenage kid, um, when we pronounced his uh, the that person's time of death, yeah, um, I looked over and they shed a tear. Yeah, they heard us pronounce their time of death. They heard us say, "There is nothing further that we can do." Yeah, no one will convince me otherwise. Okay. Yeah, that was. That was pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've really got to say. Um, I think the one of the hardest things that I've ever done is I went to a funeral of a guy that I knew like a lot, like all my childhood, but hadn't really seen him since I had gotten older. And he was like a family friend and his son was kind of like a brother to me growing up, but I hadn't seen him in, yeah. like, since before high school. So, I mean, it'd been years and years and mm-hmm. he was a police officer and, they uh right before the end of the funeral they did the last call you know they called out for him on the walkie and when i like heard that and then they said you know uh they said his name and they're like you know he's no longer in service or whatever they said and uh it was just like holy cow like i I barely even knew him so it was hard to be sad but when i heard that i was just like weeping you know because there's something about like the finality a moment that hits you harder than, you know, just death in itself. It's just the fact that it's like, that's it. There's no coming back, you know, it's just like, yeah, this chapter is closed. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the next question, a little lighter question yeah. <laughs> is, that, that, got, that got heavy fast is, um, Oh, that one was heavy. Ah, uh, you pansies. <laughs> yeah. Well, the next question is, uh, do you have a favorite tattoo? 
do I have a favorite tattoo? That that's interesting. Um, of course, you know I've got some, you know, of my kids. Yeah. Um, you know, naturally, <laughs> um, I've uh, you know people. You know, a lot of people ask me all the time, "How many tattoos do you have?" You know, one of these days, I'm just going to say one big one. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> just got one. Yeah, my ultimate goal. Yeah, it's like my ultimate goal is a bodysuit, you know, in some way, shape, or form. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no theme. Yeah. It's not like a Japanese bodysuit, but um, those things are gorgeous. Mm. But, um, you know, I've got all sorts of styles and everything, but I've got my entire chest is done. I've got one full sleeve, and then I've got roughly 65 to 70 others. Yeah. You know, just ranging in size, you know, a lot, a lot of them are like little, little filler mini tats, you know, here and there, but you know, I've got, you know, I've got what, you know, a lot of people used to call the job stoppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got the tops of my hands. I've got my, my thumbs. I've got both rows of my, of my knuckles on my fingers. You know, I've got them on, I've got one on each, or the side of my head behind my ears, you know, a huge one on the back of my neck, a big one on the right on the front of my throat. You know, a bunch on my left leg, right leg, three across my back. You know, my, my, both my ribs have huge pieces on them. Uh, the, you know, my, the left side of my chest was, um, you know, have, have my son's footprint. And he's a Pisces, so a couple of fish, you know. Mm-hmm. My oldest daughter, Zoe, you know, her footprint on the right side. Oh, wait a minute. My son's on the left side of my chest. My daughter's on the right side of my chest, and she's a, a, a Capricorn, so I've got, like, a seagoat for her. My uh, youngest daughter, uh, she's a, you know, a Libra, but, you know, I didn't really want, you know, scales or anything like that. So I'm like, well, i got to come up with something kind of cool. <laughs> well, she was born in the year of Tiger, so I'm like, perfect. So I got a huge tiger on my right side and I have them incorporate um, her footprint into the end of the tiger's tail. So, you know, those are three of my favorites, but um, one of them I really, really dig. It's just, you know, not even two inches long. You know, it's an inch and a half long. It's on the inside of my right bicep. Uh, it's from that movie, uh, not it, you know, Stephen King's it. Yeah. Um, when, uh, the kid goes into the pharmacy and he's got his broken arm, you know, that little smart ass girl behind the counter says she's going to sign his cast and she writes loser real big on his cast. Yeah. And then he takes a red marker and he puts a, a red G over the S, you know, to make it look like it says lover. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, I, I needed a filler piece for that little space I had. And, you know, we went to the, went to the shop and I was like, I got it. I said, that would be perfect right there. <laughs> and I was like, hey, kid, come here. So, you know, I got, I got like the tracing paper and everything out. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm friends with the... Uh, the owners of the tattoo shop that I've gone to for the past three years. Yeah. And, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I've even helped make like, like print out like the, the stencils and, and stuff, you know, it's, I, I kind of help work the floor there every once in a while, you know, help out. And, you know, so I got everything I needed and I told my kids, I said, Hey, 
each one of you take turns writing a letter. So one would write an L, then an O, then an S, and everything. And so I've got that loser lover, you know, thing from it tattooed on the inside of my right arm, but it's in my kid's handwriting. That's oh, that's so cool. awesome. So that's that's what makes that one like really really more special to me. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, a, a real dear, dear friend of mine um, that I've made it at where I'm at now. It's like, you know, when she saw it, she goes, oh, I really like that one. She's a big It fan, too. I was like, yeah, I think that was one of my favorites. It's in my kid's handwriting. That's what I really, really liked about it. So, yeah, that, it, it's one of my smallest ones, but it, it definitely got like the, the biggest meaning for me. Yeah. But not every tattoo has to have meaning. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that, <laughs> Sometimes it can mean something as simple as, you know, I like the design, so I got it. Absolutely. It's like, but it's a paper clip stabbing a piece of pizza. Yeah, I like the design, so I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And that that's all it really takes. I mean, the people that say there has to be a theme, you know, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's no, my body, it's my no. art, you know. <laughs> yeah. Art subjective, so it doesn't Absolutely. matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So the last, you know, it's, like, it's like, sorry, it's like Granddad. You know, he was never crazy about me getting tattooed, but and this was this was when he was, you know, not doing well toward the end of his life, and and uh, on the on the inside of my right arm, I got his old patch from. Uh, World War II because mm-hmm. he was five way regiment company E um, See, that's, you know, 82nd Airborne. Yeah. And it's the that that uh, devil parachuting out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've got that on the inside of my arm. And you know, one day I was laying there and Granddad was laying in bed and I noticed him kind of staring at my arm. And, uh, sorry, <laughs> but, um, it's like, I just noticed like this, this little nod he gave and he had like a little tear in his eye. So, you know, it's like he didn't, he didn't let me get tattooed or anything like that, but he saw that one. And, and you know, I, I think, you know, in his way, it's like he kind of, he liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, all, that's kind of like the best, you know, approval Absolutely. that you could ask for. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's like he's—we've got a piece of his parachute that's got a bullet tracer hole in it, and you know I put that within the tattoo itself. You know, it was like a bullet going through it, it's like a little hole. Oh, that's cool. You know, and I—I I, I carry a piece of his parachute in my wallet with me, and I have for yeah, well uh, over a decade. Yeah, easy over a decade. Cause my son's fifteen, and. Well, you know, at least at least thirteen years, because mm-hmm. my youngest daughter was um, eleven days old and he passed. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, that—that's the hardest part of like having great grandparents is the fact that you know that you got all these great years with them, and your your kids aren't going to get as many, and that just hurts, you know, because. If it was up yeah. to me, like they would, they would have got just as many years with him as I did. 
And yeah, it's, a, it's like Davian, he kind of maybe sort of might remember Granddad a little bit, although he was like, do you remember Granddad at all? Barely. Barely, yeah. yeah basically, my son remembers Granddad calling him a, a jumper because yeah. you know, he was like maybe two years old. He'd grab a hold of something and start jumping up and down. Granddad would start <laughs> laughing his head off and calling him jumper. And, you know, but it's like, you know, Zoe was just 11 days old when he passed. And Helena, she's only seen pictures. Yeah. And it's just like, how can I explain them yeah. to them? You know, it's just like, it's like, man. My son. It's like, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you describe colors to a blind person? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, my son was five when my grandpa passed, I think, five and a half. And uh, my grandma, last Christmas, gave him uh, all his old cologne. And every time we leave the house, he comes into my room and says, I want Papa's cologne. And so he goes in there and picks which one, and he puts it on. It's kind of cool that he's carrying on his legacy like that. And, you know, he'll come to me, and he'll draw pictures and be like, uh, I drew this, and it's you, and it's me, and it's mom, and it's my sisters, and it's Papa. You know, yeah. And and he has this like hole because he he sees me, you know, sad about it sometimes, and I think he he misses the, almost like what he didn't experience. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That makes that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it, it's weird for me because I'm I get quite sentimental on things, and it, it can be just totally like some of the most asinine things it's just like throw that away yeah absolutely it's like no dude it's like you just don't understand yeah. and and i'll give you a good example of that when when granddad died you know um he had a bottle of nydia aftershave for men yeah and you know and i that's when i started using it you know, after he passed and ever since then I have a, you know, it was like an old school, like squirt bottle. Oh, wow. The old ceramic. When, when, yes, when the bottle emptied, I would take, I would unscrew it and take the squirt cap off and put that squirt cap in a new bottle. And it's just something about it. I still have that squirt, the squirt cap, even though, like the newer bottles of that same brand and everything, now it no longer fits. Oh, yeah. But now I'm keeping like an old empty bottle of it just to have that old squirt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the, the squirt cap on it because that was one of my last things I got in my granddad. It, it's weird how little things that probably to them weren't that big of a deal, you know, like my oh, yeah, grandpa's comb. You yeah. know, it was just a piece of plastic, just a generic comb that you can get for a dollar. And yeah. it became so special. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's like it, it didn't mean squat to me. Do I really think my granddad would give a rat's hairy butt about that thing? No. Yeah. He'd probably say, what are you doing? Don't throw that away. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It just, it just, I think about him every time I see it. And it's just, yeah. I can't. I can't bring myself, you know, if an accident happens and it gets thrown away one day, it's like, you know, I'll probably eventually totally forget about it. But, you know, it's like, 
end up remembering it every so often. I'll probably get sad because yeah. you know, I've lost it. Yeah. Even though it's just so small and insignificant. But yeah. you know, to me, it just means them. Well, you have the the perfect audience for that uh, Actually, yeah. that uh, whole story I because I haven't I made it through a single Pixar movie without bawling my eyes out. So, I mean, <laughs> my kids make fun of me because there's like this running joke where if a movie, even if it's not sad, they'll look over if it's like near the end and they'll be like, are you crying? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> no. They intentionally go for the feels, so that's not fair. That's not fair at all. And the kids are savages about it. <laughs> like, I don't care who you are. If you don't shed a tear when she passes away and up, you have like no soul. Oh yeah, that movie is like the saddest thing uh, ever. Well, and that's what I was no, telling I my wife. I I told her I said the thing that sucks about falling in love and finding you know like your soulmate or whatever, finding the one you want to spend time with, is that both of you know that one of you is going to outlive the other person. It's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. and. That's just like heavy, you know. That's almost like bittersweet, and yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's almost why I I imagine, you know, most elderly couples when one goes, the other one doesn't stay very much longer. It's just you know, statistically speaking, the life expectancy of of that situation is about six months. Absolutely, they're just heartbroken and they have no reason to go on because their loved one's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I think if it wasn't yeah, for she, the grandkids, my grandma would probably be deceased because she she's too stubborn to let go. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love your yeah. grandma. I absolutely love your grandma. <laughs> but so yeah, I got and, and it's you know it's nanny and granddad. They they always as far back as I can remember, you know, especially toward the end, they just always planned everything out that. Nanny was going to pass first. Yeah, that's how we were too. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's just like for whatever reason, God's like, no, hold up, I need him first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, he's, he's coming with me. It's like you, you've got some time left. Yeah, but you know what's what's funny is like Granddad was eighty five when he passed in um in oh eight, and um when Nanny passed in thirteen. She had like, if I remember correctly, she only had like a month to go before she turned 86. So uh-huh. it's like, you know, I always imagine, you know, granddad was like, uh, no, uh, God, I need, no, I need her now because there's no way I can let her like outlive my numbers on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on now. She, she can't hit 86. <laughs> it's like, I need her up here, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, I just remembered something else about them. Um, when, we would sell Boy Scout popcorn or, or any anything that we were selling. We would make our way around the neighborhood, and when we got to their door, I don't care like if it was some stupid trinket, like they would always buy like three, you know, or whatever. Yeah. If it was if it was food, they would buy like you know they'd almost buy me out. Like, yeah. But um, and it was just so funny because. You know, I was like, you don't have to buy that many. Like, you can, you know, just look at the magazine and we'll move on, you know. But, uh, you yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, he would always send me into her, and then she would be the one that oh, bought yeah. it. <laughs> they had a system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that yep. was, I just remember that, like, going into their house with, like, my little wagon and, and like, the popcorn and stuff, and then 
you know, having to deliver it to them and then just being like, oh, yeah, we bought that. I think I I was there one time when it might have been you that came over. Now that since you said that little wagon. Yeah, it might have been. There's no telling. Yeah, dude, that's not. (laughs) I just remember this little kid pulling this wagon all of a sudden. Holy crap. Yeah, we delivered delivered with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then answered the door or something like that. And then he's like, Manny, <laughs> go in there to her and she'd sit down and look and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought, you know, anybody selling anything like that, like little kids, it, it was almost, almost a guaranteed sale. At my yeah. They probably had popcorn until they passed. <laughs> I, I'm sure so, from the stash yeah, from, sure. from buying me out chocolate. every year. <laughs> chocolate. Blue and gold. Nut. Yeah. Yeah, just, it's just like where did this crap come from? Where yeah. is this cheap junk? Yeah. This is, oh, it's probably like some some like fundraiser. Yeah, like, I remember one you know, time FFA I, or yeah. band or something in Elmore. I remember one time I came in and um, I had to like I had this like diorama. I had to like it pulled out of a book and it showed like all the different like sections that they could buy. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember not knowing how to do it and being so nervous and like thinking I butchered it. And then when I got done, Sonny clapped. (laughs) He was like, you did good. And I was like, (laughs) I just remember being like, you know, Oh, Oh, the, you know, like totally embarrassed, but he made me laugh. (laughs) I tell you what, you know, I, I I never really thought of it until now, but it's like, if if a kid or anyone, you know, had to do like some sort of performance for whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, if you needed encouragement or something like that, yeah, it's like, yeah, I swear to God, all you had to do is just do your performance, sing your song, do your dance, whatever in front of my grandparents. Yeah. And <laughs> you, could, you could totally just suck. Yeah. You're just like, no doubt about it. It's like, Oh Lord child, you are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? You would not leave that house feeling that way. <laughs> I guarantee it. It's like they were just like so encouraging and like everything. Yeah, you know the senior citizen building um, there in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. My grandpa used to play the guitar there. Uh, I think it was like once a week, and uh, he decided oh, one cool. one night he was going to take me. And uh, so I'm over there, and he he hands me a harmonica. And they're jamming on stage, and I'm standing beside the stage. I'm just blowing my little heart out on this harmonica. And, uh, you know, old ladies are looking at me and clapping and smiling like I'm doing, you know, like Kenny G over there. And then, like, it wasn't till till a couple years later, or, well, I guess it had been, like, maybe five or six, I uh, was getting in his closet, and I found it. And I looked like I went to blow it and it didn't make any noise. And so he gave me the broken one. <laughs> and and he even was like, when he was on stage, he was like, this is my grandson, you know, like he's going to play along with us today. That's and so, so <laughs> I thought I was like, you know, on the Grand Ole Opry up there. <laughs> and, and, and it was so loud in there. Like I couldn't hear it if I was, you know, <laughs> jamming, out. jamming out. So it was so funny. That's fantastic. Like, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, it's like, it, it reminds me of a, of a, a good friend of mine. Um, his name's uh, Brent Loveday. 
Um, he's uh, a, a front man for a couple of bands. Uh, one of them's kind of an alt country outfit called Brent Love Band, the Dirty Dollars. But his main band was this punk rock band called Reno Divorce. Yeah. I just discovered them like last year. They've been around since 2001. And when I discovered them, I was just like, holy crap, where have they been th- this entire time? Yeah. And, it's, and since then, uh, me and Brent have become like super, super close friends. It's like he's like a brother from another mother now. Yeah. And, you know, we talk pretty often everything. And anytime that he has a practice or his band plays, he always has his little son, Brixton on stage with them, you know, Brixton's got like his, his headphones on and he's holding like his little guitar and just like standing there. And I'm just like, that is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) It's like, you know, when he's like, when he's like grown up as an adult, he's just going to look back and be like, dude, it's like, how cool is this? And it's just, every time I see that, it's just like the dad in me is just like cheers. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I'll comment on the videos or something. I'm like, go, Brixton! <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just, that's, that's so cool. But I have a... But, yeah, it's like... <clears throat> my, yeah, my, my family is, like, um, super musically inclined. Like, every time we used to go to the uh, family reunions, like, it would be, like, a jam session. And, and um, like, everybody would sing and harmonize and stuff. And um, So I guess my son comes by pretty honest, but... He was super, super shy when he was like, I think it was like two and a half. And he would hide behind me if anybody said anything to him, you know. And then we got to this reunion, and it's like the second night we're there, and they're having a talent contest. Oh, gosh. And they're having people go up, and they have this, like, little bar area, you know, like where you can lay out, like, the food and stuff. Well, he's like, he goes, I want to sing. And I'm like... What? You know, because first of all, you know, he's been hiding behind me. And secondly, like, he's, like, going to make me go stand up there. So, I'll, and I'm kind of bashful because I don't know half these people. So, he gets up there and they hand him a microphone and he goes, go, daddy. And I was like, oh, okay. So, I go to the back of the room and I'm videoing and he starts singing the wheels on the bus screamo style. And then he... Yeah, he was like, the wheels on the bus go round and round, you know, like just screaming it into the microphone. And, uh, yeah, and, and everybody was like, like standing ovation, like clapping and, and you know, just loving this because it was hilarious. And I'm just sitting there looking around like, I don't know where this came from. I, he's never listened to this kind of music. Like, we, you know, he's only two. Like, he only listens to, like, what's on YouTube, you know, like, little kid songs and stuff. And he's sitting there, like, doing Screamo. And then I was like, okay, well, he's going to, maybe it's just that song. So then they try to take him down. And he, like, he's like, no, no. And he's like, one more. And so he gets oh, up there and sings his ABCs and Screamo. He's like, and I'm just like, what is happening? And my grandpa's just over there, like, smiling from ear to ear, like, that's my boy. Exactly. Doing up the rock fist. Yeah. So I have. That is the best. So I have one more question from our listeners. And. It's something we ask everybody. Uh, Who, yeah, actually, from the listeners, it's like, where are these people like from? Oh man, we're worldwide. Like yeah, absolutely we, worldwide. We have nine different countries that listen to our podcast. 
Oh, this is nuts. This is... Yes, this is kind of cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely. Like I, told, like I told you guys before we get started, this is my inaugural podcast. Yeah. I've never done one before to yeah. you guys. Well, we're honored to be the one that you, you know, started your podcast journey on. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm honored I popped my podcast cherry with this. Right yeah. here. A couple of yeah. Elmore City boys. Yeah. Yep. So um, our last question is, what's your favorite breakfast food? Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, blood of my enemies. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, my favorite breakfast food. That God, please tell me that other guests, you know, have stalled on this question. As much as I am right <laughs> Actually, now. I it's hilarious that yeah. this is either there's two there's two answers like. Either they answer immediately, like yeah. they've already prepared for it, yeah. or they're like, Life you know, and death, yeah. they can't figure it and out. And they start sweating, and it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll, you know what, I'll just, I'll just say like uh, Belgian waffle, I guess, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think. Every once in a while I'll get in the mood for one of those. Strangely enough, like coming in, I would, I, I always thought it'd be either French toast or pancakes. I thought that would be the average answer. Yeah. But strangely yeah. enough, it's been breakfast burrito almost Absolutely. like every episode, yeah. <laughs> which is so yeah, weird to me. If you had asked that question to my son, that would have been Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Get him in here. We'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when I, <laughs> son, what is your favorite breakfast food? Right. <laughs> there we go, ladies and gentlemen, worldwide. Yeah, we can tick that mark of almost every episode. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's funny? We've talked to a lot of different people from a lot of different places, and somehow it seems like there's always an Elmore connection. Absolutely, like it's like the the seven degrees of Elmore City kind of thing. Just like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Which, you know, like seven degrees of Elmore City. It's yeah. like, how the devil did Elmore City get to? You know, like like what was crazy to me? Like uh, I was adopted at birth. Yeah. And you know, we spent years and years and years trying to track down biological family. And, you know, when I found my biological mother and, and that side and the story she gave me about, about, uh, my, uh, my, the guy that fathered me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, shoot, I totally brain farted here. Well, I finally, okay. Through, through fate or whatever, however you want to call it, I ended up running into some people and I found him yeah. and we talked, we texted back and forth for a few, few hours and I've not heard another word from him since. But, um, what's funny is when I told him my hometown, he goes, Oh yeah. He goes, I, I actually go through there quite often. Oh man. And I'm just like, dude, how many times could I have been standing next to this cat? Oh yeah, at the counter at Cashy Carry, <laughs> and never know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Speaking of uh, of Footloose, which for everyone listening, huge difference between Hollywood. And what actually happened? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the first thing I want to defend Elmore City on is in, in the original movie, not that terrible remake. <laughs> but in the original movie, they played chicken on tractors. 
I want to defend my little, my little town. <laughs> this has been very In fun. the history of Elmore City, can I ever remember anyone playing chicken on tractors? Okay? Yeah. So don't, that, that, don't hold that against them. On the um, 25th anniversary edition of the DVD, um, in the extras, there was people from Elmore that were talking about that, and they were saying, like, Tractors don't even go fast enough to make chicken even worth it. <laughs> You'd be sitting there for like 35 minutes before anything happened. <laughs> and uh, and one of the um, extras, my grandpa is actually on there, and he, he's being interviewed. He, and what was funny, he knew that they were coming to do it, and he he told me and my mom and my dad and my grandma, if anybody calls for him, if anybody comes to the house and asks, that they don't we don't know him <laughs> and he hid from like all the you know news people and the dvd like the the people that were making the documentary and everything wasn't he he was superintendent at the time i started to say he was superintendent at the yeah time. and he was like on the dvd he's like yeah it wasn't really contested he's like i think we had one preacher that was kind of like you know, we don't really agree with dancing, but it was nobody fought it. It was just like, oh, we didn't even know this was on the books, kind of thing. That's kind of like my. I yeah, asked my dad. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was told. And that preacher wasn't even from Elmore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was one of. He was he was either from Hennepin or Antioch. Yeah, I yeah. I think it was Antioch. Uh, it, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Antioch. It's like, really, dude? What? No, go away. Yeah. What were you saying? I remember asking my dad about it, and he said it was no big deal at all. There yeah. was one day they couldn't dance, then the next day they could. You yeah. Know, it was nothing. I think the only problem was them driving to Paul's Valley was like a big deal because you know of the, uh, like the distance or whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't a car wreck yeah, like they the, showed in the, the whopping twenty minute difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's crazy is it's only like. 11 miles to Elmore from my house, which I live in Paul's Valley. And um, the only reason it's that long is because the road curves, you know, like a snake, like yeah. all the way there. And we did a deal, like if it was a straight min- or straight line, it would only take like five minutes to get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that was probably one of the yeah, roads I was built. Was, oh, yeah. It was yeah, definitely built to like go around. My granddad the lived in town. You know, from from their house to mom's house, which was you know south uh, South Elmore, it was it was literally a ten minute drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's it. If, if we had had a straight road from Elmore to Paul's Valley, oh good lord, yeah. <laughs> one that you could actually go like a decent speed on, <laughs> other than forty five. <laughs> Growing up, I don't know anyone that actually went that speed no, ever. Not at all. <laughs> I, I was going to say the exact same thing. It's like, bro, you cannot lie to me and tell me that you drove the speed no. of the road. No. I will call you a liar to your face. It almost feels more dangerous to do that because you like lull you to sleep at that uh, freaking speed. Get stuck. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get a tractor stuck behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or an in front of you sometimes you're just like yeah. oh those God. international hey. harvesters that take up both lanes and there's no way to pass so you just kind of like chill this is my life now <laughs> yeah i used to hate going towards stratford because of stratford homes mm-hmm. oh my gosh they would block both lanes <laughs> oh i've not been that direction in oh, i don't know how long yeah there's not a lot of no. things out there it's probably exactly like the one out of Stratford, except for like their Peach Festival. Yeah. yeah, and even that, like because of COVID and everything, pretty much non-existent. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's a little town up here, uh, Porter, 
they're like, oh, we're the feature capital of Oklahoma. And I'm like, I call bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Like, if you think about it around this area, like in, living in Oklahoma and being from small towns, like every town had some kind of fr- like fruit festival. Like it was the Peach Festival, the Rush Springs Watermelon the Festival. The Festival. Yeah. 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 Everybody's proud of whatever. A little bitty town up here uh, by Tahlequah called Stillwell. I think they have like a strawberry festival. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I think somewhere, somewhere else in, in Oklahoma, there, I think there's a Huckleberry. Oh yeah, yeah, that's in that's in like Jay. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I only lived there like 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're like me, like you feel like you've lived everywhere, and it all kinds of runs together after yeah. a while. Yeah, but I have never lived anywhere outside of Oklahoma, and yeah. you know, just I very well may never. Although. You know, if I became a millionaire, I would definitely own a second home out at Red River, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I haven't been there in a while. I just love that little mountain town. Yeah. Well, um, we are so thankful that you decided to do this with us, especially last minute like this. Yeah, Um, it's been great. Yeah, no worries. We, uh, we, this was fun. We felt like we got to kind of just barely scratch the surface with you and. Hopefully one day we'll be able to have you on again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely, I'd be more than willing to do it again. Yeah, because you know, mom, mom. I think sometime I'm going to have to sit down with mom to get mom on this thing too and tell about her experience with the whole footloose thing because she was a teacher there. Oh yeah, wow. that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be tell her side of the story. Yeah, just any time. Uh, just give us a shout and we'll make it make it happen. Absolutely. We're uh, we're kind of history buffs, so. We we talked to one guy. I think it was like thirty minutes, and learned like more history about Paul's Valley than we'd ever known our whole oh, lives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. He was telling us like how Domino's, where Domino's is, it used to be the old ice house, and they have cork in their walls to keep the ice cool, and they used to carry it in on carriages. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. And back, that, back back when refrigerators were called ice boxes. Yeah. Exactly. And there's like this house up on the hill that like, uh, or actually it's around the corner. Yeah, it's right. It's by my uh, house. The whole reason we have turkeys in this part of the state is because that family, you know, brought turkeys here. Yeah. So yeah, she fed them and uh, and bred them, and then they kind of got out of hand, and then she passed away, and they kept coming around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, and then uh, also we found out that down by the river was the original Paul's Valley, and. Because of all the flooding and stuff, they moved it to where it's at now, like yeah. the downtown area. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, that's like like Purcell started out like by a river too, and it got flooded out. Yeah, yeah. I, anything like that, I'm just like soak up, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. Yeah, we it's live really in a little cool unique part of the world. Yeah, you know we really do. You know, for just a small little. You know what? You know what? Everyone else would just pretty much call like a little hick town, you know. Yeah. But it's actually got some pretty cool little history to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talked to a guy named Buffalo Rogers, and he's going to be on the show later this year. And he's a country singer, and he said that I think he said that his family um, founded Story, Oklahoma. Was it Story? I forget. 
But yeah, they were like the only residents, and then you know now it's only like this one little building that's left. But I just thought that was pretty cool. Uh, that's about like my family in Purnell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is left of Purnell? Uh, the front end of the schoolhouse, and that's it. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that gym was like nice forever. We used to play basketball there all the time. Yeah. Well, then people is, got you know, in and sort I grew of up saying. Elmore City schools was just Elmore City. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was one of the last classes of Purnell before we switched over. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. It's like I never, I still have yet to get it from, the, you know, some of our family friends from around there. Uh, uh, Jason and Diane Hayes, they actually got me some bricks from the old elementary school and they tore it down. I still need to get from them. Heck yeah. That's actually the, the, is that Meg mom? Yeah, that's Meg's mom. Yeah, we had Meg, uh, their daughter on the show. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, see, the seven degrees of Elmore City. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're, not, you're now part of the puzzle. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to end up being the, like the most tattooed part of the puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Josh has a, a cork board at his house, and he's got like yarn stretched out all over the wall from all the connections. <laughs> Someone's going to break into your house and be like, "He's about to kill a lot of people." <laughs> we, we need to put this guy like. On a list or a <laughs> You know what? If you really want to mess with your children when, uh, you know, they're old, you know, just secretly keep like a shoebox and just keep it full of like random clippings of like, you know, uh, a person mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> just little articles like that. Yeah. After you pass, it's like, uh, what was that yeah. into? <laughs> it's so fantastic. There was a guy that my dad did the last rites over because he was a pastor, and he um, he tells he told me this story, but I don't you know I don't know that it's real, but um, and he doesn't listen to this, so I can say what I want to, but. Uh, <laughs> He um he said that the the old man or whatever was surrounded by family and then he was like talking about how he buried money in the backyard before he passed like he never mentioned it before and then he just passed away and he said they dug the heck out of that yard oh and he's like I'm pretty sure he was just screwing with them because yeah. they were all greedy jerks you know yeah. <laughs> and that was like the most petty like like last minute joke. <laughs> I love that. But thank you so much for being on. Uh, like I said, we'll have to have you on again. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Usually what we do at the end of the episode, do you have anything you want to plug or anyone you want to shout out or anything? Um, you, know, my, you know, like I told like real earlier, it's like, you know, my, my buddy, um, you know, Polio that's got his, his Rad Cheesemo show. He's got there. I think there's a po- either a podcast or a YouTube channel for that. Okay, um, cool. You know, it's like like superhero, like you know, sci-fi stuff. It's it's a really cool thing. You know, he just finally released a book about that on on Kindle, and there's physical copies about to be made. Nice, that's awesome. Um, you know, I uh, always plug you know my buddy's band. Yeah, we um, you know Reno Divorce. You know, from <clears throat> I actually love those guys. We have um, a a Discord, and it's a. Uh, and it's called Dinerland, and like all of the people that have ever been on here, are like 
you know, their own residents of Dinerland. And uh, we have a bunch of, like, different buildings in there and stuff, and it's kind of become a lore. And so one of these days when we – I think after probably this season, we'll probably make a poster with, like, animated, you know, pictures of everybody in the town. We'll have to have you be the tattoo parlor. That'd be great. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> the old part, like sitting outside a tattoo parlor, like playing my my acoustic guitar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. But. That'd be, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's just stuff like that. You know, I wish I knew more about the outsider's house because it's up here in Tulsa, and that place. Yeah, is yeah, that you know, would just, be just you know, just the local Tulsa music scene. You know, alone. Even Bill Murray himself was on an interview on national t- television, and he said, "If you want live music, go to Tulsa." There yeah, you go. I was like, "Bro, Bill <laughs> Murray himself said that." Yeah, it's <laughs> good to be known crap. for other things other than meth at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, meth and like homelessness. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. Uh, have a good one and um, thanks for thanks for being here. We'll we'll holler at you later and we, we're gonna need a uh, we're gonna need a signed picture so uh, we put it on our wall of fame. So absolutely <laughs> okay but. okay fair fair enough. <laughs> but thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. Have a good day, bud. All right, man. You guys take care, bros. All right. All right. So that was uh, Lyndall Blankenship and. Uh, Hometown legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't realize how many times our paths all could have crossed at Absolutely. the same time. Absolutely. It's pretty wild. But thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Diner Discussions Podcast. Where can they find us, Josh? They can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Anchor and... Anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Absolutely. Also, our social medias are... We're on all the social medias. We, we do all the things. <laughs> we're even on TikTok. We're kind of a big thing, guys. Yeah. And we're going to have, um, I think we're going to do some short TikTok stuff, uh, you know, like in the studio and kind of just play around with it and see, you know, mm-hmm. see see where it leads. Absolutely. So check us out there, guys. Um, we have a sponsor, but we're not going to um, do a commercial today. But uh, if you go to wellu.com, it's W-E-L-L-U-E. Dot com and you type in Diner Discussion Pod before checkout, you can get 10% off. Uh, we, we, have a new, um, we have a new sponsor, and we will be uh, talking about them on Monday. So, so tune in to our Monday show on Facebook Live, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Josh, electricity's out again. Would you like to help us keep the lights on? Go to patreon.com slash diner discussions to help us out. There's lots of tiers and plenty of merchandise to check out. So go join today and become part of our community. This is a diner.